Hey everybody, good afternoon and welcome to another episode of Last Stop Waterfowl Outdoors podcast. I'm your host, Jacob Robery, and I'd like to welcome you all to this week's show, guys. If you're streaming on YouTube, thank you for tuning in. You get to see a beautiful face that's made for radio. Um, and if you're streaming on your Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, we also like to welcome you into this week's show. So thank you guys for tuning in. We have a good show for you this week. We think you guys are going to enjoy it. And I'm just going to jump right into it, guys. Hopefully, you guys were able to make a hunt for this weekend's small game opener here in Louisiana. Uh, we opened up the official hunting season, in my opinion. And what I mean by that is that a lot of Louisianians, if you're not familiar with, uh, with our culture and our way of life, guys, uh, then this is usually the kickoff to official kickoff to hunting season. When you have squirrel season opening up, rabbit, um, also you have, uh, you know, bow season opening up for all the deer hunters out there. So they're not in the uh, small game classification, but you also have bow season opening up. So I want to give you guys a shout out if you had the opportunity to make it out to the woods this weekend. I know we did, and we're going to talk about that and a little bit more in this episode, guys. So, you know, hope you had, like I said, had the opportunity to get out there, um, you know, and for those of you who don't know what I mean, and you, and you really just don't have an appreciation because you may have never experienced it. Uh, when I say that, you know, hunting season really does not kick off until squirrel season and your small game season opens up here in Louisiana. It's something that I have to explain to my out-of-state friends, you know. Um, as a matter of fact, last week on the show when we were talking about our plans for the upcoming weekend, um, how we were planning on going to the camp, we had, uh, you know, some excitement in the air because we were getting ready for squirrel season to open up. Um, I got a couple of messages on our social media platforms uh, asking, saying, or, or making comments saying, hey, you guys take that squirrel hunting stuff pretty seriously. And, you know, it's, it's really, it's something that's hard to explain if you've never experienced it, if you haven't grown up here in Louisiana, it's definitely something that uh, it's, it's hard to correlate and understand uh, our passion for small game hunting, specifically squirrel hunting here in Louisiana. You know, going back to my beginnings as a child, and those of you who listen to the show on a weekly basis, you, you have heard me talk about this. You've heard me talk about how I got involved in the outdoors with my father. Um, and it oftentimes, uh, the story goes that it started with squirrel hunting, you know, small game hunting, rabbit hunting, squirrel hunting, that type of stuff. Um, and I can remember back in the day as a five-year-old kid, my dad introducing me uh, to that specific weekend. It's always the first weekend in October here in Louisiana that small game season opens. Uh, and, you know, especially South Louisiana, and even my guys in North Louisiana, you know, you look forward to that weekend and all the men uh, prepare for that weekend. They, they, they get their groups of friends together. They decide what's going to be on the menu for the camp for the weekend, for the uh, everybody to eat. Uh, and they get a group, they go to their camps and they have a, a, a fun filled weekend full of, you know, hunting, football, drinking, food, whatever it is. It's one big party for opening weekend of squirrel season. And when I was a small kid, like I mentioned, at the age of five, I remember starting to go with my dad and be a part of that and participating in that event. And I, it's something that I look forward to every year. I still now at 42 years old look forward to that weekend every year. And as a child, 
I was so excited to, to get out uh, when Dad told me, hey, it's opening weekend of squirrel season coming, man. We'd go to Walmart. We'd get our shells. We'd get our camo. I remember every year buying new camo because, you know, unlike today, the camo back then just was your, your old Walmart camo. It was your cheap stuff. It was all cotton, made of cotton. I mean, if you broke out in the sweat, you, you could wring it out by the end of the day if you had a hot year and a, and a weekend where you had, you know, a lot of heat and mosquitoes which is kind of what we had this this past weekend, which we'll talk about here in a little bit. But, uh, but yeah, it was different times, you know, especially growing up in the 80s. Uh, the technology and the clothing, all that stuff was just completely different. You know, but I remember all that. We had some years where we had coats we were wearing for opening weekend of squirrel season, and then we had some years where we had to douse ourselves with off. Um, we didn't have thermocells back then, I can tell you that. So you, you pretty much had a good chance of uh, – of catching probably cancer from all the deep we were inhaling and and uh, off that we were putting onto our bodies. So uh, it was different times, but I remember how vast it changed from year to year. But it was always something that I looked forward to. I didn't care if it was hot, if it was cold, we were going. And I have to say that it almost took, you know, a, a, a death in the family for us to miss opening weekend of squirrel season. As a matter of fact, I can't really remember one weekend that we did miss, that we ever missed. And now, like I mentioned, I'm 42 years old, and I don't know if I've ever missed an opening weekend of squirrel season thinking about it. But uh, uh, maybe maybe we did, but I can't recall it. I promise you that. But uh, but my dad, I'm so thankful because, you know, my dad at an early he, – he's, you know, he's probably the best squirrel hunter that I've ever had the opportunity to hunt with. Uh, and looking back at it now, I was so blessed to hunt with him and learn how to hunt with him uh, that I had somebody teaching me the proper ways and the etiquette to operate and move throughout the woods to, you know, not kill stuff, you know, not kill animals just to kill, but to kill for food and table fare, that type of stuff. And, and taught me taught me the right way. I'm just going to sum it up saying that. Taught me the right way, um, you know, to go out and do it. And you know, that's something that now my kids are coming up. Um, all of you who tune into the show on a weekly, uh, you know, basis, you know, Jackson, my oldest one, Jackson has it in his blood. You can see that, guys. Um, you can hear it when he when he gets on the shows with us. You can hear him talk about it. He eats, breeds and sleeps hunting and fishing. And he's just he has it in him, man. You know, and uh, I mentioned last week in the show that my youngest one, Hudson, uh, he's now seven years old, and you know, I was I was kind of starting to wonder if he was going to have that drive or kind of show that interest like Jackson did at an early age. Um, but you know, when I looked back at it, I kind of I kind of introduced Jackson at an early age to the outdoors, much like I was at about five years old, um, and Hudson not so much. A little bit later, you know, I, I'd bring him around, but I'd give him, you know, I, I'd ask him if he'd want to come, and sometimes he'd say yeah, no, and you know, I, I'd be okay. And me and Jackson would just go about and do our thing. But you know what? Lo and behold, seven years old now, he's starting to show some interest, guys. So I'm, I'm really excited about that. Um, I took him with us this weekend, and he really had a good time. He had a blast. And last night, I was tell, telling my wife this morning, I said, when I laid him down in bed and tuck him in last night, he looked at me, he hugged me, he kissed me, and he said, Dad, he said, uh, I, you know, I really had a good time this weekend. He said, and I want to go back to the camp this weekend or, or coming up as soon as we can. He says, I really want to go back and do it again. And you know what? For all of you who are dads or, or, or you know, caretakers of maybe a young one, 
I mean, that's about the best that you could you could hope for. That's what you want to accomplish out of introducing a youth to the outdoors. You want to get them hooked. You want to get them hooked at an early age, and you want to hope that they have that that eagerness to go back and do it again. So, you know, even though I thought I did it wrong with him, you know, or I didn't do it quite the way I did it with my first child, um, it looks like we may be turning the page there, and we 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 kind of heading in the right direction with him being interested in it. So I'm looking forward to that, um, you know, in many years ahead to, to be able to do it with both of them. But, uh, you know, when I look back and I think about it, man, I was introduced at an early age. And, and like I mentioned, my dad was one of the best hunters that I got the opportunity to ever hunt with. Even to this day, I've hunted with lots of people throughout the years. And my dad was one of the best out there that I ever got the opportunity to hunt with, especially when it came to duck hunting, waterfowl, um, hunting and squirrel hunting. That was two big, big things. And I guess that's why I have it in my blood because a little bit of that was passed on to me, you know? So that's probably a, a big cause of it. Sorry, guys, I'm drinking a little water uh, while I do all this talking. But, uh, but what's cool is that even though my dad nowadays is not, you know, involved in the hunting side of it as much, he pretty much had enough of that. He's not mad at it like he used to be. But I did get a call from him last week, which kind of to my point is pretty cool, is that he said, hey, you know, he said, I haven't got a chance to really look at the forecast yet. He said, but if the forecast is, you know, looking good and we can maybe get a nice cool weekend, he said, I'd like to come out to the camp if you don't have a big group of people. He said, and I can come with the grandkids and spend some time. And uh, I'd like to cook for y'all and do some cooking and just hang out at the camp while y'all go on. So that's pretty awesome. You know, he still has that that drive to be a part of it, um, to be a part of the tradition, just in a different fat form and fashion now. You know, he don't want to go out there and hunt so much no more, but he just wants to come and spend that time and hang out with us and uh, and be a part of the tradition, which is awesome in my opinion, Yeah. Uh, we always talk, you know, you've heard me mention on previous episodes, we talk about the camp dog. He told me, he said, I want, I said, I don't have a problem nowadays being the camp dog, you know, and the camp dog, for those of you who don't know, is a term that we oftentimes use for a guy who ends up coming out to the hunt camp with all the hunters. And, uh, and he, he's the guy that just kind of mans the camp. He does all the cooking. He does a lot of the cleaning. Um, he hangs out, he drinks, he listens to the football game, you know, or watches it on TV if they got a good game on TV that weekend, he builds the fire, collects the wood, does all the maintenance and all the all the honeydew stuff around the campsite when all the other guys are, are focused on going out and hunting, you know. And uh, and he said, I'm perfectly fine with that nowadays. So that's pretty awesome, in my opinion, that he wants to go out and do that and uh, just to be a part of it, man, just to be a part of it. So, you know, he, like I mentioned, he don't hunt a whole lot no more. The last time – I drug dad out hunting. He's in his mid-60s now, okay? So just to give you an idea of how old he is, he's in his mid-60s. But we drug him out on a couple of waterfowl hunts on public land with us a few years back. And that was I probably was the, the cause of him hanging it up for good because we took a trip out to Dewey Wheels one year, and we it was, it was public hunt, guys. It was tough hunting. We went out. We got there early, early. We entered the WMA at 4 o'clock, you know, which was way earlier than he used to take, you know, go hunt whenever I was a kid uh, because we had, we had you know, rice field hunts and stuff like that we had access to. We had family land we were able to hunt. So it was that type of situation where you just wake up, you know, you 30 minutes and you're in the blind and, and you set up and ready to go. 
So this public land hunting, <coughs> excuse me, was completely different for him, uh, which was crazy. Uh, so I drug him out there, me and a group of friends. We got him in it in some waders, you know, and he's bigger than he used to be, obviously, when he was younger. And he's fighting to put these waders on, and we laughing our, our butts off at him and uh, just cutting up and making fun and clowning him, you know. And uh, we got him out there in them waders, man, and he's just walking around, and he's trying to walk in these waders. And uh, and we were laughing, and he told me, we, we sitting there shooting a couple of canvasbacks and a couple of other species of birds. Had a, had a pretty decent hunt that hunt. And he looks at me in the blind after we shot a big cam, bull canvas back that comes in the spread. And he looks at me and he says, son, he says, I love you. He says, but I will never do this shit again. He said, there ain't no way you can pay me to come back and do this and hunt public land like this. And we all started cracking up laughing. And uh, and I thought that was it. I said that day, I told my buddies, I said, that's probably it for him. He's going to hang it up, you know. Well, a couple of years later, I got him to go with me when I was going on a solo hunt. Uh, over at uh, right around Marksville, Louisiana. And I had went home, which my, my parents still live in Ville Platte, Louisiana, which is about 45 minutes outside of Marksville. And uh, I told him, I said, Dad, man, I'm, I said, Pops, I'm going by myself tomorrow. I said, you should come with me, you know. And he started laughing. He said, man, I remember them waiters. Y'all stuck me in. He said, that damn honey. He said, is it hard like that was? And I said, no. I said, I kind of bullshit him. I said, no, it's not hard like that. I said, we'll be all right. Which it was, it was all the same, really, just at a different, a different WMA, you know. So, uh, so he said, okay. So I think I'll go, man. So I, I got all his shells together, his gun. I got his waders again for him. But I said, hey, look. I said by this time I had upgraded. I had got a little boat, a little setup. I said you probably don't even need your waders. Just bring them with you, just in case. I said, but we're gonna hunt out the boat, you know. So he said, all right, that sounds good. So we went out there. And lo and behold, probably the worst conditions we could have ever had. It was raining. We had lightning start popping. And it was just a day where the birds had shut down that morning. And he looked at me and he said, man, he said, if I'd have known this, I'd have stayed my butt in bed. He said, I would have never got out of bed. He said, but I'm enjoying the time with you, son. And I started laughing and I said, yeah, I am with you too, dad. And uh, just a cool moment. But at that point, he told me again, he said, that's probably it for my hunting career, he said, as far as uh, all this goes, hunting public land and that type of deal. So, And sure enough, he has never stepped foot in a boat, in a duck blind or nothing with me ever again since then. So he said, I just, I'm not mad at him. He said, I'm not mad at him like I used to be. He said, uh, I enjoy going to the camp, enjoy spending time with y'all. But he said, hey, it don't bother me a bit to stay up and cook and drink and watch a good game on TV, he said, and not make the hunt the next day. So, you know what? I'm cool with it. I, I'm, I'm very, very cool that he's still, you know, with him wanting to come out and hang out with us, like I mentioned, and, and just a cool deal. And something that I want to do this season, I, me, him and I have talked about this, guys, and I want to bring this, these stories to you guys, but he has, he has some amazing stories. From the time where he was hunting before I was born, all the way up through my adolescence when I got to hunt with them on stuff that they did uh, that I wasn't even aware of as a child. You know, I didn't even know they did. But he has some he has some pretty cool stories, you know, a couple of them that could probably get him in trouble nowadays uh, or would have got him in trouble back then. Let's say that for stuff they did uh, that wasn't probably according to the guidelines in the handbook, if you know what I mean. But just just, you know, stuff that you do young, dumb and, and, and you know, what the other part is, they usually say. But. You know, just a, just a, uh, being an adolescent, you know, in the outdoors and loving outdoors. 
But I talked to him and I said, Dad, I said, I want to get you on a podcast episode with us this year. I said, you and I are going to sit down. We're going to talk about the good old days, about, you know, how it was when you, you were hunting back in the 70s and 80s and, you know, that time frame. I said, and some of those stories that I heard that you told me uh, that we laughed about and joked about, and I couldn't believe some of the stuff you told me. I said, I want my listeners, I want you to share those stories with my listeners. I said that, listen to the show. So we're going to get together this season on season four, guys. I guarantee you, season four, we're going to have my father uh, on the show with me doing a podcast. Him and I are going to do a sit down. And I'm going to have him tell all these stories that we can conjure up and remember and uh, share them with all of you guys, because I think you're going to like it. I think it's something that is very going to be very entertaining for a lot of you to hear these old stories. And if you like me, I love sitting down with the old time guys, man, the guys that came up in the 50s, 60s, all the way through the 80s. It's kind of what I call the the, the heyday era of the, the good hunting in Louisiana here. Uh, and, you know, I, I want I love hearing those stories. I just love hearing about the old throwback stuff of what was going on back then, how they approached it differently than what we do now. And every time I could get somebody like that on the show that's interesting to talk to and has those stories, I want them on. I want them on our show. I want to talk to them. I want to share their stories with you guys, uh, because it's so it's so fascinating to hear what they did, what they went through as compared to what we do now. And how different it is because it is different. It's changed. Even since I started hunting on my own to what it is now, we've talked about that. It's completely different, guys. But uh, but yeah, it all started, you know, going back to it, it all started with small game hunting for me. You know, the very first podcast that I did when I started the podcast, which was a couple of years back. And those of you who have been listening to it since the beginning, you guys are familiar with this. The very first episode that I did was the week before opening weekend of squirrel season or small game, I'll say, here in Louisiana, uh, four or five years back now. And uh, we're in season four, so yeah, a couple of years back. And the first episode I did was that week before opening weekend of squirrel season. And if you go back and you you go back on Apple Podcasts or you know Spotify or wherever you're listening to us, if you go back, it's the first episode we ever did called Squirrel Town Traditions. And I tell the stories about how when I was a kid coming up and, and how important and unique squirrel hunting was to us in South Louisiana. Um, you know, as a kid growing up in South Louisiana, um, it was it was so unique in our area growing up that we actually, you know, it always opens on the first weekend in October. So it's always on a Saturday. So the way they would do it at our school growing up when we were kids is that we would have off on Friday. We would not have school. School was canceled because of squirrel season. And it was a tradition not only for the men, but it was also a tradition for the, the wives and the girlfriends and, uh, you know, all the ladies in the town because they knew that that was the weekend. All the men kind of gathered and went to the woods to hunt. And then all the ladies would make their plans and they would, you know, get called their girlfriends and their friends. And they would all plan big shopping trips and they'd go out of town. Uh, you know, growing up in a small town, we didn't have malls. We didn't have none of that type of stuff. So they would it was a weekend that they could get away also and go with their girlfriends, go to the malls. They could go to the big cities, go eat out, do that type of stuff. So not only was it a tradition for the men, but it was also a tradition for the women as well. And the daughters, their daughters, you know, the young girls. So it was pretty cool. But, yeah, we would we would actually cancel school on a Friday 
growing up in uh, in my hometown of Ville Platte, Louisiana, uh, which is right there in the heart of Evangeline Parish, right at the borderline where I, I consider it to be Kunas and Redneck, guys. That's where we, we're smack dab on the borderline of that. But, uh, you know, when I got into high school and we were playing sports and, you know, you had football games, it was always football season in the fall, obviously, at that time of year. So what they would do is they would they would move our Friday night normal fr Friday night football game up to Thursday, and we would play whoever we played on a Thursday night because we did not have school on Friday. So it was it was pretty unique, you know. And I tell people when I moved to Baton Rouge and I went to school at LSU, and we always talked about you know hunting and stuff. When I met people that were outdoorsmen, and I, I'd say, man, you know, I'd start talking about I was getting excited for over the weekend of, of small game season. And they're like, man, y'all take that pretty seriously, you know. So even people in Louisiana don't necessarily know that tradition like we grew up knowing it, you know. Uh, you know, I do find that it's kind of scattered throughout the state. It's not as big for some areas as it is for other areas, but it was huge for us, you know. So we would move those football games up. We would play on a Thursday night, and then as soon as that game was over, we were already packed up, ready to head to the camps, head to the woods, and it, back then when I was coming up, we were taking, you know, road trips. We were taking camping trips. We were camping in, in tents. We were camping, you know, if you had a camper back then uh, for, you know, for squirrel season, that was that was pretty nice. It was usually the grandpas and the papas uh, that had the campers. And our dads were, were coming up. They were, you know, had tents that they were camping in, that type of stuff. Or some people may have had a camp somewhere. So they would go to the camp and do and, you know, spend a weekend there. So, uh, you know, going back, looking back at all those those old school, you know, traditions that we have growing up, you can see why I'm so passionate about it uh, when I talk about it, guys, because it brings up some awesome memories um, that I had as a child. Um, and now, you know, fast forward to me being a father of my own, I can get my kids into it and get them, you know, hopefully to where they further down the road, They'll introduce their children to it, and we could carry on this tradition that's been in our family for so many years and decades. Um, so that's what we did, guys. We, you know, we went this weekend. We, uh, you know, I just mentioned that we didn't have school on Friday, and I don't want to get I don't want to get my boys in trouble. But what I do is every year here in Gonzales, Louisiana, you know, we don't they don't cancel school for squirrel season here. You know, that's just not something that that goes on. So what I do is I pull my boys out of school every year for opening weekend of squirrel season on Friday. And uh, as long as I tell them every year, and that's something that I always I've been telling Jackson since he started school, I said, as long as your grades are good, as long as you're doing what you have to do and mama's happy, we're going to let you miss that Friday for opening weekend of squirrel season. And that's what I have done with Jackson since he's five years old. I've let him miss that traditionally um, that weekend or that Friday. So, you know, as long as he does what he has to do, he has he's, it gives him something to look forward to. And he knows he better walk a straight line uh, and not get in any kind of trouble because daddy will leave him at home if we have to. And he's going to miss it out, which honestly, I really wouldn't do that to him. I know it's a big thing that he looks forward to, but I have to threaten him with it. You know, so we got to we got to make him stay on that straight, and narrow path and do what he's supposed to do. So this year, uh, my youngest one, Hudson. He is now seven years old, which I mentioned a couple of times. Um, and like I said, kind of been, you know, kind of down on myself a little bit because he hasn't been as interested as Jackson was at an early age. 
but uh, but he's kind of starting to come around a little bit, talk about it lately, and uh, just you know, kind of interested a little bit, it seems like. So I told him, I said, Hey, look, I said, What if that had let you miss school on Friday? Uh, for opening a week in the squirrel season, you come to the camp with us. I said, And you're gonna participate, me and you are gonna go out in the woods, we're gonna hunt together. Jackson's at the age now, he's 13 years old, he's gonna be 14 in, in January. He's been asking me, Dad, can I kind of go out on my own and hunt on my own? So last year, at the at, you know, as before we got into waterfowl season when we were still small game squirrel hunting, uh, a couple of hunts we hunt the same you know section of woods, same vicinity and area. But I kind of let him go off to the side, you know, a couple of hundred yards. I got him set up with the OnX app so he could go on there. He could uh, you know plug in his route that he wants to look at and his trail he wants to follow, he could go in, it tracks him, and then he could come back out. Got all his maps downloaded. He did all that. He's into all of the guys. He's as, he's as seasoned of a veteran as, as we are probably, most of us, that do it all the time. So he got all that set up. I let him get familiar with the OnX app, how he, he kind of navigated through the woods. And I let him make a couple of hunts, you know, a couple of hundred yards down from me last year, and he did really, really well. So this year, he said, Dad, for open a weekend, he said, I'd like to go out on my own and hunt like I did toward the end of the season last year. He says, uh, and they'll give you time and an opportunity to take Hudson out. He said, and hunt with him and show him what you used to show me. Excuse me. Um, so we we said, okay, that's, that sounds like a plan. We're going to do that. So we had a friend of Jackson's that uh, wanted to come along. He's almost like a, a stepson of mine. Uh, he's He's good friend they play ball together he's a big outdoorsman he's interested in it and uh he said uh, he was hitting jackson up to uh see if he could maybe come to the camp with us this weekend so i told jackson i said yeah i said he's more than welcome we had some space we had a uh, you know room for him i said he's more than welcome but i said we are leaving on friday i said so you know there's no way his mom is gonna let him miss friday probably his mom and dad to uh to come with us i said and we don't come back until Sunday, you know, after we hunt on Sunday and clean everything up. So they were talking back and forth. And I could kind of I said, I told my wife, I said, this sounds like they're uh, they're they're conspiring together to come up with a plan to see if they could get him to come with us. Well, lo and behold, on Thursday night, uh, they were talking and, and he got permission from his mom to and dad to come with us this weekend. So we brought him along with us also this weekend, this past weekend. Because today is now Monday, guys, so I'm talking about it in the past a little bit from this past weekend. So we got him to come with us. So I called my my longtime best friend that I've had on the show multiple times, Mr. Uh, Troy Fontenot. You guys who listen to the show are familiar with Troy coming on the podcast with us, doing videos with us. Uh, him and I have hunted together for opening weekend. It's been a tradition uh, for many, many years. We've always hunted together for opening weekend just about every year. So he has a lot going on right now. I called him. I told him, I said, uh, I said, I don't guess you're going to be able to come this year because they're about to have a baby any day now. Uh, I said, and I'm sure you can't get very far from home. And he said, no, he said, I'm not going to be able to make a camping trip. He said, but I'm going to go out. I'm going to hunt one of the WMAs not too far from the house. He said, uh, what, what do you have going on? I said, well, guess, guess what I got going on? I said, I got me by myself. I said, and I got three youth hunters with me. I got Jackson, who's 13, his buddy, who's 13. I said, and I got Hudson for the first time with me coming for the whole weekend, for over the weekend. 
at, at seven years old. And he started laughing. He said, man, you sounds like you got your hands full. I said, I sure do. I sure do. I said, but you know what? I don't care if I shoot a squirrel, if I kill a squirrel this weekend. I said, I just want these boys to have a good time, introduce them to, to our tradition of what we've done since we're kids. I said, and hopefully, God willing, they kill they kill a few squirrels that we could uh, bring back, take some photos of, and we have some table fare to, to cook, you know, at the camp on Saturday night. So, you know, that's that's what we were hoping for. So, we, you know, mo when we were here last week in Louisiana, we had a nice first cold front of the year, a cool front. Let's say that first cool front that came through last weekend. Hopefully, or you know, you you're hoping for on opening weekend, you're looking to hopefully get a little dip in the temperatures so you can build a fire. Well, when we started looking at the forecast and it got closer and closer to this past weekend to the opener, the forecast was looking horrible. It was absolutely terrible. Uh, when we looked at the forecast, it was showing it was going to be in the upper 80s, uh, humid, 93 to 95% humidity. And with that, with that type of weather, you know what comes with it here in the South, guys. Mosquitoes. Mosquitoes was the story. We knew when we would step in the woods, it was going to probably be bad. A lot of rainfall lately, a lot of water on the ground is a perfect perfect breeding ground for mosquitoes. And not to mention, we recently experienced Hurricane Ida, which blew a lot of those mosquitoes, people say, in from the coastal marshes inland, which I believe, looking at the numbers of mosquitoes we had this past weekend, I believe I believe it. I think it's probably true that that does happen. So we went out the last couple of weekends to the camp, got everything prepped and ready. We got uh, Jackson's little friend to come over on, on Thursday night and sleep at the house so we could leave the next morning, and we headed out to the camp. When we got there, we unpacked what we had left to unpack. Like I said, we had already set up pretty much everything. Uh, so we were ready to go, and I told him, I said, hey, we're going to hit the four-wheeler. <clears throat> we're going to take some trails. We're going to kind of go look in the woods not too far from the camp. We have that. You know, our, the way our camp set up, guys, we have our camp right on Whiskey Bay, which is the Chaffalaya Pilot Channel. Uh, if you look at our camp and you look out the door, you're looking right at the river, about 50 yards to the river. Well, we're on lease land, a uh, strip of lease land where our camp is, but then we border up to Sherburn Wildlife Management Area right across a gravel road is where the, the management area starts. So I told them, I said, we're going to take some four-wheeler trails. We're going to kind of go in the woods, check it out. And uh, really what I was looking at checking out was the mosquitoes. I wanted to see just how bad it was. So we, we took that we took it out that afternoon. We got there and packed, got it all set up, and uh, and we took the four-wheeler trail. We went, start looking in the woods, kind of scouting it out, and, uh, and man, they were just swarming us. I mean, it was so bad. They were, I mean, we, we had all phone and we had thermocells going, and they were swarming us so bad. They were, you were breathing them in. You, you were eating some of them. They were just, it was horrible. So I told him, I said, hey, look, we're going to have to douse our clothes tonight with uh, with some off and deep. I said, then tomorrow morning, we're going to make sure those thermocells are cranked up. So we did. That's what we did. So we got to uh, we got to bed early on Friday night and uh, we, we you know hung out with some of the neighbors in the campground. We had a good time, had a few drinks with them. And then we got uh, we got to bed early so I could get them boys ready to go for the next morning. And we went out. We went out that next morning. We woke up at right around 530. Uh, we got to our hunting spot. We took our four-wheeler ride. We got there, and uh, and we got to the woods right before daybreak. And uh, we walked in, and, and what's pretty cool is as we got to our hunting spot, 
uh, where we were going to park our four-wheel and go into the woods. We jumped up a group of hogs. We jumped up probably about 10, 11 hogs uh, somewhere in that ballpark. Man, we spooked them as bad as they spooked us. And uh, we jumped them up. So we saw a couple of hogs going in. Uh, and then we got off. We, we started walking into the woods. We got to our area, and I let the, the two older boys break off, and me and Hudson went in. And we, we I brought two stools for us uh, so him and I could kind of sit down. And then what typically my plan was is I was just going to take him and kind of walk away from where the stools were. As we saw some squirrels moving, we'd get up and we'd walk away. Uh, so that morning, that's exactly what, I, what we did to set it up. And when we got there and the boys took off to the right-hand side, we set up our chairs, and I was literally putting my, about ready to pull my shotgun out of its case. And all of a sudden, I see something move, and I look to my left side, and kind of to my left in front of me, there was a hog standing right there just in front of me looking at us. And it was barely daylight to where I could see him and he could see us. And, and we kind of looked at each other, and then I immediately reached for my shotgun to try to get it out of the case. Threw a shell. I was trying to throw a shell in the chamber, and that sucker took off going in the other direction. So he he knew he knew his his days were about numbered when he saw me grab that gun. So we had almost had an opportunity there to get us a little bit of pork and bacon for the uh, for the camp for to start out the season on a good note. But we we were a little bit too slow. He got away from us on that. So, but anyway, we sat down and you know it started that morning. It was like I said, hot, humid. And I told the boys, I said, hey, look, y'all going to be off by yourselves. I said, definitely be watching out for snakes. And looking back at it now, man, a lot of the guys that posted stuff on social media, uh, because we do have a Facebook page for our wildlife management area. Uh, you know, I think it's titled Sherman Hunters and Fishermen. If you go to that page, I, usually when, you know, we have hunting weekends, I'll get on there and I'll kind of scroll through or if the boys kill some, some you know, squirrels i'll post it on there for them and stuff like that because they think it's so cool that they up on on the social media page you know so uh when i look back man i started seeing all the guys posting pictures of snakes and when you get hot humid uh that's often a, a good recipe and a mixture for seeing a lot of snakes on the ground so you got to be careful you know with that and i told them i said make sure you watch where you're walking you know well Lo and behold, that morning, they ended up shooting a, uh, a nice-sized cottonmouth about three foot long. Um, they had just come over to talk to us, and it was raining that morning on the opening morning. It started raining pretty heavily where we were, um, so that kind of slowed the squirrel hunting down. But we had a couple in the sack at the time, you know, so that was good. Uh, we got Hudson to help me, help me get one, uh, you know, which was pretty cool. So he got to go pick it up. I let him put it in his little – his little hunting vest, and he was—he thought that was the coolest thing. So he's sitting there playing with the squirrels. Well, the boys come over, like I mentioned, they talked to us for a little while, and uh, they had—they had, I think, one at the time when I talked to them, or one or two. They might have had two at the time. So uh, we had a couple of, you know, squirrels in the bag to put in the bag, and uh, they said, "Well, we're gonna go for another." You know, I said, "Look, we'll stay for another hour. Y'all go ahead, and go wander off, and kind of look a little bit more." They said, "Yeah, we're gonna do that." Well. Not 10 minutes after they walked away, man, I heard boom, 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 three shots. And I could hear them start talking and, and kind of chattering. So I, I, I said, well, let me walk in that direction to see what they got. They must have got another squirrel. So I walked towards them, and, man, I could see Jackson. He has a stick in his hand. He's beating the, the hell out of something on the ground. And I thought to myself, they must have killed a, a snake or something. So I, I walk up, and, uh, and I see him jump, Jackson, my oldest one, because he's scared to death of snakes. Like I am, I have to say that. 
Uh, you know, I'm, I'm scared to death. Nobody likes him that I know of. So I walk up and I said, what, what do y'all got? He said, man, we killed a snake. He said, I walked and they had one kind of slid off by me and it went up onto this log. And my buddy came around and he shot it. He just blew it, you know, blew its head off. So when I come around there and I look, sure enough, it's about a three-foot cottonmouth that they had killed. Um, you know, so I'm glad they didn't step on that thing, which would have made it a horrible weekend for us to start out opening morning with. But uh, but they did see it in time and they got it. So they killed a, a good size, like I said, cottonmouth. Uh, nobody was hurt. Nobody was horned. And, and thank God for that. So I told them, I said, look, rest of the weekend, make sure y'all watching it. You know, which the whole weekend is kind of ironic because the only snake I saw the whole weekend with that weather was a big, uh, big king snake that was crossing the gravel road uh, in the reserve. But, uh, but yeah, opening morning, we ended up sacking. The boys got four squirrels that they sacked that morning. Um, enough to, enough to get a good start to the weekend because we were going to hunt Sunday. Uh, so that night we went back to the camp. We processed all of our, all of our squirrels. We cleaned them. We got them all, you know, souped up. And I have to tell you, LSU was playing that night. It was a late game at 8 o'clock. LSU and Auburn was playing. So we wanted to have all that stuff done so we could catch a little bit of the game on the radio because uh, we don't have TV at the camp. So we do it. We do watch it on our phone, but the boys wanted to, to listen to it too. So I said, okay, we'll put it on the radio. So that's what we ended up doing. We wanted to have all that stuff done. So we, we cleaned them up. We got all our squirrels processed. We got them some food in their stomachs, and, uh, and we got everything ready to go. And we cooked a good, good squirrel gravy, old-fashioned squirrel gravy Saturday night I cooked for them. And, uh, and them boys absolutely chowed down and loved it, man. They were eating that up. We smothered down some squirrels with some onions or the Holy Trinity, like we call it, here in Louisiana. We had some smoked sausage that we put into it, and we cooked it. And uh, them boys ate every bit of squirrels in that pot that night. So we really, we really enjoyed it. I enjoyed cooking for them, and they enjoyed eating that night and seeing how they were able to take that 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 game and you know from the woods to the table and be able to see that there was a purpose of us going out and hunting and harvesting these these squirrels, you know. So that that's pretty cool. And in the grand scheme of it, they don't even realize it, but it's teaching them. It's teaching them why we go out, why we hunt. We don't go hunting just to kill. We don't try to torture animals to torture animals. We go out, we hunt, we harvest in order to provide food to eat and, and to celebrate. And that's what we did that night as a family and as friends. So it was pretty cool. And we listened to the football game. Unfortunately, our Tigers lost. But what a, what a year as far as that's going. Uh, everybody was sick to, to see what happened Saturday night. Uh, I'm no different being an LSU graduate. Man, you talk about hard to swallow uh, the way it went down on Saturday night where we lost to the Auburn Tigers, which was the first time that LSU has lost to Auburn at home. And I forgot, it's at least over a decade, they said. I forgot exactly how many years, but – it's been quite some time. We had a hell of a run with Auburn at home uh, as far as being victorious over them. So that came to the end Saturday night. And, uh, and you know, Saturday, I have to say, there were a lot of hunters in the woods. Considering the weather conditions, considering, you know, the rain, the, hum the humidity, the mosquitoes, all that stuff, there was a good turnout Saturday in the reserve. We had lots of hunters. Uh, no, nobody got injured or hurt from what I, what I, I could tell. You know, so that's always a good thing. There was, you know, good camaraderie out there. We all got together. You know, if you come in where our camp's at from Interstate I-10, you know, you exit off on the south end of Sherburn, and you follow the Whiskey Bay Pilot Channel, there's 
bunches of camps all along the levee right down the road from us. And all those camps had people this weekend, uh, which is a tradition, like I mentioned, for them as well. So that was really cool to see on Saturday, a good number of hunters participating. Uh, then fast forward to Sunday, we're coming out of that LSU loss. Uh, Saturday night's usually the night of the camp that gets kind of wild and crazy. For those of you who have never experienced hunting camp in South Louis or in Louisiana, period, um, it gets wild. You know, you had an LSU football game. You had a successful day in the woods or a not successful day in the woods. Uh, so you may have hit that bottle just a little bit hard Saturday night. And uh, like my grandpa and them used to say, all the old people say, when you wake up on Sunday, you have a bobo in the head on Sunday. So a lot of times you really see who separates the cream from the crop in the, in the group of hunters in the camp. Uh, with who's serious about hunting and who's not serious, so serious about hunting, who can take it or leave it. So those of you who had that that rough night Saturday night, you took that LSU loss hard, uh, you may not have made it Saturday morning and woke up to be able to make the hunt. Well, me not having all, all that, that inspiration around me, being the only grown-up in the camp, I had all the kids with me, like I mentioned, three young kids, and those guys were eager to go because we made a competition. And anytime you make a competition with athletes or competitive kids, you know what I'm talking about. It, it gets interesting. So we had made a, a deal that we were going to – we had four hunters, you know. And I said, you two are hunting, and I'm hunting with your younger brother. Uh, I said, we're going to see by the end of the weekend who could kill the most out of the two groups. So they were all fired up. They beat us on Saturday. They had a couple of more squirrels. Uh, they ended up at three. We ended up at one. So they had uh, – they had – the lead on us on Saturday. So they, they kind of, they were kind of talking junk to us or talking trash to us on a Saturday evening when we were talking about hunting Sunday. But I told him, I said, Hey, this is a, this is a marathon. This isn't a one legged race right here to see who could finish in one day. The, the best, you know, this is going to carry on through the weekend. I said, and we still got another day. So we made it fun for him, uh, which they were all in on it. They bought into that, to that pretty well. So, we, uh, we headed into Saturday or Sunday, I'm sorry, the final day, which was yesterday. Me and Hudson were down by, you know, a couple, and we needed a couple of squirrels. And I told Hudson, I said, hey, I said, we got to get a couple of squirrels. I said, so we have those bragging rights. We got to beat them. And if anybody knows Hudson, Hudson's super competitive. He's more competitive than Jackson is, my oldest son. And he's like, yeah, he's like, daddy, we got we to gotta sit and be quiet. We got to listen. He says, because we got to see those squirrels. He said, when you see that squirrel, he says, I'm going to let you go get it. And I told him, I started laughing. I said, okay, you going to let me go get it? He said, I'm going to let you go get it. So I had my GoPro with me both days, guys. And uh, Saturday, I got I got my kill, uh, one of the kills that me and Hudson had on, on film. Um, we put some videos together. I'll plug I'll plug the YouTube videos now before I continue on with the story and how it went. But we, uh, we had the GoPro with us on Saturday. And I had never filmed a squirrel hunt with, GoPro, with my GoPro before. Uh, and it's not easy. I have to tell you, it is not easy to film that and uh, and get it on video for you guys to go and watch on, on our YouTube channel. But uh, we had it both days. We got a kill on Saturday that I, I captured on it. Uh, got some footage that I shared. We made a video of opening day uh, Saturday morning. And then I also brought it with me on Sunday. Now, I have to be upfront with you guys that are, that are watching us on YouTube uh, on the videos that we, we posted from this weekend. I made, a, I made a user error, an accidental error, when I was trying to film on the GoPro. Uh, I must have hit time lapse on the setting, and I got these great kills on film on, on Sunday morning. But 
when I went to edit the video, everything was in time lapse, and there was no way, from what I read in my editing software, that you could go back and you could uh, you could adjust that. Uh, so I had to kind of use the. I had a decision to make. I said I either throw away all the footage that I had on Sunday, or I try to make the best of it, make the best video I can with what I got. I said because I really wanted to share those kills with you guys uh, because it's like I mentioned, it's hard to get that on, on film. So I said, I'm going to go ahead. I'm going to do the best I can. And I sat there when I got back yesterday for probably two hours trying to figure out the best way I could put it all into a video for you guys to go and consume on our channel. So please, if, if you're looking at Sunday's video and you say, man, why why is it speeding up, slowing down, that type of stuff? It's because of the way I shot it. It was an accident. I, I accidentally must have hit something. When I was out there trying to get these squirrels on film, these kills, and uh, and we just we just messed up a setting is what it was. But we still got some footage for you guys to go check out. You could go to our channel right here if you're streaming already. This uh, podcast on YouTube. Look at the videos below. We last stop waterfowl outdoors. We have three videos we just put up for you guys from the weekend, sharing some information on kind of where we were, our setup of where we are in Whiskey Bay and Sherman Wildlife Management Area. And then our hunts from Saturday and Sunday. Uh, <clears throat> we got some photos of the boys with their kills. But uh, we did have the GoPro on Sunday, like I mentioned. And we ended up, me and Hudson, just to keep it short, we ended up pulling out the win, me and the young guy, me and the young fella, the baby of the group. So we uh, we ended up getting on a couple of squirrels yesterday. We ended up bringing home, I think it was five we bagged yesterday. And, uh, and the other boys, Jackson and his friend, Killed a couple of squirrels too. They had a few missed opportunities. Um, seemed like it was a little bit cooler yesterday morning. Not as many mosquitoes, but still very humid, still warm considering the time of year. Uh, but it seemed like the squirrels moved a little bit better for us. So we were able to we were able to get some opportunities. Hudson and I capitalized on opportunities that we had. We found a good feed tree uh, the day before that had a bunch of cuttings. So we went back to those feed trees, and we had some success there. And then Jackson and his friend had found a feed tree that they found on Saturday, some the day before, and they went back, set up there, and they had some success. And, you know, they're still getting accustomed to hunting on their own. They had an opportunity to kill a couple of more squirrels that they missed, um, especially where we are over there in the Chafalaya Basin. We get a good mix of a lot of big red fox squirrels and cat squirrels. We've got black squirrels mixed in. Uh, which is the, the holy grail of what we really want, we would like to kill. Uh, our black squirrel is kind of like the holy grail. You know, that besides our albino, uh, the black squirrel tends to be kind of the uh, the holy grail for squirrel hunters, uh, other than maybe the big red fox squirrels that are more common, you know. Uh, so we had a mixed bag. We had some fox squirrels. We had some nice mature cat squirrels. It was really good to see that we had some, some good reproduction over the summer. Uh, especially from last year, because last year, uh, if you don't recall or you're not familiar with, we had some hurricanes come through the Lake Charles area that kind of touched where we were in Lafayette, Brobridge, all those areas along the Chafalaya River. Uh, and we had, I remember the second one that came through last year, it was still during uh, squirrel season, small game season, and we had lost a lot of trees and timber that had fell due to the hurricane. So we were blessed that this year the hurricane didn't touch that area. It kind of went the other way, hooked east of us. Uh, we didn't have to worry about that this year. But, you know, last year with those hurricanes occurring, it's oftentimes something that you're going to see 
um, that the reproduction is, is hurt the following year. So you really don't know till this year what the reproduction, you know, or the, you know, the, the uh, issues that may have occurred in the reproduction cycle from last year's hurricane played on this, you know, crop of, of squirrels that came out this year. So it was good to see that we had some young squirrels mixed with some of the older squirrels. Uh, they look very healthy. Uh, lots of feed on the trees this year. It has been a very wet summer here in Louisiana, um, which I'm hoping that translates to having, you know, good water for duck season. Not, you know, it's a fine line when it comes to waterfowl on public land here in Louisiana. You don't want too much water, but you want some water. You know, you want to have water in the woods, especially where we hunt in the timber. We want enough, you know, rainfall for Mother Nature to drop water to where we can hunt it. But you don't want so much water that the ducks have everywhere to go and they can get away from some of that pressure. Uh, we already have to battle with that, you know, when it comes to waterfowl season. But for small game hunting, it's very good to see what we saw this weekend. Uh, like I said, lots of feed on the trees. One good thing about the weekend, I will say, even though it was miserable as far as the, the, the weather conditions go, having it so wet and damp was very nice to walk in the woods. You know, we were able to creep the squirrels that we went after. We were able to creep those squirrels very easily. Uh, so we didn't make much noise at all, which was nice. It's really good for the young guys, for the youth hunters that were with me, because those guys are tend to be a little bit louder than those of us who are more experienced. And those, you know, those youth hunters could kind of learn. OK, I'm walking through the woods. I can be quiet. It's damp. I'm not crunching on leaves. I'm not breaking sticks, all that type of stuff. So it was it was really a good weekend for them to be able to walk in the woods other than the uh, you know the outline conditions of the the heat and the mosquitoes and all that type of stuff. So as far as the mosquito arsenal, I found that it kind of died off a little bit yesterday, but it was still. That's not saying that it wasn't there. It was it was still bad. It was still bad. But we had three thermocells going, you know, and like I said, we doused ourselves with uh, with off. You know, we sprayed our clothes. We did it the right way, and it was enough to where when the sun kind of came up or. You know, you had enough daylight, they, they kind of tucked back in. They didn't bother us too bad uh, as long as we had those thermocells going. My little boy's thermocell, Hudson's thermocell, went out one time, and they started swarming. I looked at them, and they were all over him. And I looked at I grabbed the thermocell, and his little, his little butane had went out. So I refilled it, got it cranked up because, man, you know, if you didn't have that thing hot, those thermocells hot when you were getting into the woods, they were going to be on you in that dark, I promise you. So – we got him set back up, and uh, and he was good to go after we, we refilled his, his butane. So, but uh, but overall, guys, it was just a, it was a great weekend. Uh, you know, now squirrel season. I had I had one guy message me on on uh, social media last week. He said, "How long is your season for for squirrel season? How long does it go?" And squirrel season literally lasts all the way through February here in Louisiana. And several years back, they incorporated a, a spring season in Louisiana as well to where they open it up for, I think it's two weeks, if I'm not mistaken, uh, in the month of May. So my buddy Troy that I mentioned earlier, you know, uh, Troy goes out, he makes one or two hunts during the spring season. Um, I'm not that mad at him at that time of year because it's hot. It's humid. You got the red bugs to put up with. It's not kid friendly for him. A lot of snakes at that time of year, uh, which – looking back at it, it was kind of like this weekend, you know, but, um, you know, it's not, it's not the most for kid being kid friendly. It's not a good setup for that. So I don't participate during the spring season, but those guys who live and, you know, live small game hunting, they love rabbit hunting, squirrel hunting. 
hell, taking advantage of that spring season is pretty cool to have. You know, that's a good that's a good opportunity to go out. It's right around when turkey season is. So it all kind of comes in line, you know, and butts up to each other. Uh, so that's pretty cool. But, <clears throat> you know, just blessed. That, that when I look back at the weekend and I recap it, I want us to all just know how blessed we are if we had the opportunity as outdoorsmen to go out there, whether it was with our hunting buddies, our, our co-workers, uh, you know, our kids, whoever it was, if the ladies were involved and they got to go to the hunt camp with you and everybody had a good time, got home safe, how blessed are we as outdoorsmen to do what we uh, get to do whenever we have these opportunities and these seasons that open up? I mean, I look back at it, and I promise you now as I'm getting a little older, I don't ever take it for granted. Uh, I've talked about that, you know, and sometimes I get a little deep on, on that stuff, but it's true. I'm look, As I get older, I appreciate it more and more. And, you know, I love sharing the stories with you guys who listen to the, to the show, you know, all the time. And, you know, you tune into our social media platforms because you're just like us. You know, you love doing, you know, these type of activities in outdoors. You love hunting. You love fishing. You love spending time camping with your loved ones and your friends. And that's what we do. And that's what we've started. All this last stop waterfowl stuff that we do now in our spare time for a hobby, we do it because we love it. You know, my wife used to question and she'd say, why? Why you always got to bring a you know, uh, your phone with you to film stuff before I had, you know, the, the GoPros and stuff. And why you got to do this? And, and I told her, I said, you know, it's it's like a yearbook. I said, I could look back year to year, season to season, and I could say, okay, we hunted here and had success at this time. I said, or we hunted here and didn't have success. And, you know, it does change every year, but it gives us a guide to follow each and every year. I could look back as my children are getting older, Jackson especially now, he's been hunting with me for a while. I can look back and I can see his progression every year by, by documenting, you know, and, and having a social media platform that we documented on. I could go back and I could share stories with you guys that I remember that you might find interesting that I found, you know, I, I, I experienced and that I could share with you as listeners, you know, and we meet new friends. We meet new people by sharing our stories with each other. And that's really at the end of the day, that's that's the joy in it for me. That's what it's all about. And she gets that now, you know. She looks back at it and she'll sit there and watch YouTube videos with us now. Because I was looking the other day, guys, and, you know, since we started our little YouTube channel, uh, I mean, we have 155 videos on YouTube now. And they're not professional by any means, but it's, doc it's documenting uh, experiences that we had in outdoors and stuff that we like sharing with you guys. Uh, and she was amazed. She's like, man, I didn't realize you had that much content on there. And I said, yeah, and I'm looking to improve it. And now since Jackson's getting older, he we just got him a GoPro set up. So he wants to add and help me contribute. And you know what? One day I'll be able to sit back and let them take it if they want to do it. And I'll be able to just go hunt with them, you know, and enjoy it. So it's a lot of fun. We really appreciate the support that we get on the show, uh, whether it's the podcast whether it's the YouTube channel, Facebook, Instagram. We met a lot of cool people. We have a lot of people that help support us, met some good friends through it. Uh, we love supporting people that have content out there as well. Uh, we want to introduce you guys that follow us to other people out there that are doing it that we think you're going to be interested in, other companies, our great sponsors that we talk about all the time, um, you know, Beaver Creek Game Calls. Um, you know, Benoit Performance Baits, Cajun Tackle House, Anchor.fm, all these companies 
and these and these people that operate these companies are people that we have met in the outdoors that are just good old people, just like us. They're good old average Joes, you know. So it's 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 great to be able to meet new people, and we hope you guys enjoy it. At the end of the day, that's what we hope we hope you enjoy it as much as we enjoy bringing it to you. So. Well, guys, that is it. That is all. This old boy has talked for just about an hour. That's all we have for this week for you. We'll be at it again probably this coming weekend, guys. We're looking forward to it. The kids got spring break. Or, no, I'm sorry, fall break, not spring break. They're on time of year. They have fall break starting on Friday, so no school Friday. Dad does have to go back to work Tuesday, and I have to work through Saturday. Uh, but then I'm off Sunday and Monday, so we may be back at it, guys. We may be trying to get you guys some more uh, footage for the YouTube channel, try to make some more squirrel hunts, and, uh, and take the most uh, that we can out of this small game season because we go at it hard for right about a month, and then when duck season starts opening up here or getting close, we're 100% waterfowl at that point, guys. So I do want to give a shout-out. To, uh, to my campmate uh, that's in a camp with me, Mr. Bryce Hill. Bryce, my buddy, uh, he went up to Southwest Texas this weekend, got invited on a, uh, on a hunt for his, uh, for his work, and he, he took down a big, beautiful buck this weekend and also brought back some uh, tender backstrap for a doe that he got. So he had a successful hunt. Just want to say congratulations on that, Bryce. Glad you had a good trip, buddy. Uh, we'll be, I'm sure you'll be back at the camp here shortly, chasing deer in the swamp, uh, right around the Chaffalaya Basin Swamp pretty soon. So, but uh, did want to congratulate you on that, guys. Uh, so that's it. That's all I got, guys. Y'all, y'all wasted enough time with me, but we do appreciate you tuning in. If you like this podcast, you, you're streaming it on YouTube. Hey, if you don't mind, click that like and subscribe button. We'd appreciate it if you do. Go give us a thumbs up on Apple Podcasts. Leave a comment if you like the podcast. And don't forget, guys, visit us on our social media platforms. You can catch us on Instagram, Facebook, and many, many others. Anywhere social media is available, typically you'll find us. YouTube, you have all our videos. If you're bored at work, you want to watch some content, click on us. Watch all the videos. We're sure you'll enjoy them as much as we enjoyed making them for you. So, until next time, guys, this is Jacob with Last Stop Waterfowl Outdoors wishing you the best, and we'll see you again next week. Y'all have a good week, okay?